0: Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast, a podcast where I just get to interview people and ask them the questions that hopefully you want to know as well and listen to their wisdom. I've been so blessed by some of these conversations over the past year or two. And over the summer, we've tried to share some of our favorites with you and hope you've enjoyed these. Uh, Next month, we'll go back to one podcast per month and then a blog a week in the gap times and hope you enjoy those and share those as well. But today we're going to kind of end things with a conversation I had with John Burke when he came to speak at our church about a year and a half ago. And John is a pastor who decided he wanted to really get behind this whole idea of understanding what heaven was all about. And so he interviewed over a thousand people who had near death experiences and found the things they had in common to be directly related to the things we read in the Bible about what heaven will be like. And he walked us through that and what continues to be one of the most downloaded messages Uh, in the history of Real Life Church. Uh, But I had a chance to interview him after his message uh, in front of a crowded room while people texted in their questions. And we got a chance to capture that and share that uh, on the podcast. And I wanted to reshare that with you. So here's my conversation with John Burke. Hope you enjoy. Thursday evening service, and uh, man, that was, that was awesome. Is it appropriate to say you killed it in reference to a, a message on near-death experiences? Come on. That's good. I don't care who you are. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just came up with that right there. Okay, so we've had some questions already submitted because we put this out a while back, and uh, I'm actually going to uh, uh, be looking at my phone because the questions are on here. I'm not checking the Lakers score because they've already lost. So, um, <laughs> But I, I want to know, I mean you, you wrote the book two years ago, you've studied this for years, you've talked to so many people, what's the most common question people ask you about heaven? Because you're kind of our heaven expert. right Will oh my, my pet be there? Will my pet be there? <laughs> I've had a few pets I know won't be there. <laughs> That's not going to be there. So we're, what's your answer? I think
1: we're in the same ballpark about oh. no cats, but
0: I, I yeah, think God's going to rule us, us out. I think yeah. they are going to be cats. Uh-huh.
1: My okay. sister's sure of it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, you know, it is a funny question, uh, I guess, to me, because, you know, God created everything. He created animals. Right. And he's used animals to teach us, to teach our kids, especially love. Why would he take that away from us? Right. You know, when he makes everything new, when everything's made right, Right. why would he take that away? Right. So I absolutely, um, I, I don't have... Proof, But I do have proof scripturally uh, that there, there are lions and there are lambs and there are birds and there are right. horses. And so there
0: are animals in heaven. Surely not snakes. I, I don't. I, that's a question. But they I have mean, their legs back. What about mosquitoes? I'm really oh, hoping no. not mosquitoes. There's no you know? need for a mosquito. There's another place to That only came after the fall. <laughs> I've heard it said this way that there will be pets in heaven, but it may not be your pet. Meaning that it's not our pets have gone on to heaven, but it's just there are dogs and well, animals and all that. children honestly
1: uh, report pets wow. more often than adults do. Uh, maybe because, you know, they're, they, that's who they love. That's who they know. And God right. seems to want to welcome us with right. what feels most
0: welcoming. That's amazing. Okay. Let me get back to the questions here. Otherwise, I'll just ask my own. Um, so... When you started out your journey with all of this, what was the most surprising thing to you as you started kind of peeling back the layers of all these NDEs?
1: Well, it truly took me 35 years to write this book. Okay. Um, So I have truly been studying them. I remember I gave a talk on the University of California Santa Barbara campus on this subject in 1998. Mm. So I've been studying it for that long. Um, but there were confusing things to me that I right. was trying to understand. How does this reconcile with what the Bible says? Right. And, and if you just go and research near-death experiences, you're going to get all kinds of interpretations of the experience. I didn't have time to go into it. I went long anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry not not about that. i not saying
0: anything. It's all right. Well,
1: it, there's so much to it. It really, it really, too. But the best way to think about when people are trying to describe this, I like to, to say, you know, think about it like if you lived in a flat black and white painting. If our experience right here is really like living in a flat black and white painting, death just means separation. So when you die, imagine you're peeled off that flat two-dimensional screen up there, and suddenly you come out into this three-dimensional world of color that was all around you all the time, right. just in another dimension, and you experience colors and sights and sounds like you have never experienced in the flat two dimensional world of black and white, right. then you have to go back in to the to the flat world and describe three dimensions of color. Mm-hmm. I I honestly think that is what that's why people are struggling for words. So what that also means mm-hmm. is they are interpreting their experience. And and so they interpret their experience in their own worldview. Right. So it took me really studying hundreds, a thousand uh, of them to see that no matter how they were interpreting, what they were reporting lined up, and there were some interpretive keys as well mm-hmm. uh, that I discovered. So like the border or the boundary right. was a really important one. Right. Um, for, for, for Christians, I mean, one of the confusing things is, well, So many people, you know, whether they believe in God or not, they have, they seem to have a great experience. And a lot of people originally concluded, see, therefore, the Bible's wrong. Mm. Because, you know, they feel great. They feel better than they've ever felt before. Well, that's exactly what Howard Storm said before this really nice welcoming committee led him in a deceptive way. Right. And so that's a part of it is just whatever you get as a peak doesn't mean the story's over yet and it's not the whole thing. So I, I had to, those were things I had to discover along the way.
0: Okay. So many questions about that. Um, but a lot of people are asking about just, and you, you talked about this a little bit, having a new body, will be ourselves fully. Are you seeing a commonality of a certain age will all be? If a child dies, do we see them as an older age? Uh, an yeah. elderly person as a younger age? Yeah.
1: This is, a, this is fascinating actually because um, different people will say different things. And, and so, for instance, um, when you see the people you know, you typically see them the way you knew them. Huh. But, people can also uh, appear, and, and I didn't show all of Mary's clip, but she said, her welcoming committee, they were just bursting with light, but again, the light is not like light, like this light that's kind of in my eyes right now. It's love, and it's life, because it's the glory of God shining through everything. Everything has life, not by artificial light like we do or artificial water, there's living mm. light and living water. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is an artificial replica of that. And so what, what I've concluded is that um, people can, we will be who we are in our essence. We will know each other and see how beautiful we all are. We can appear in the form that we were in this earthly body but we're so much more than that right and and so it can vary is is really the answer um but most say they seem to be around you know 30-ish i'm shooting for 29
0: it was a good year. man that was a great year that was a good year 29 a good year 29 i had that several years but there will be uh Yeah, really, again and again. I have my own questions. Yeah, I just wouldn't move on. Uh Still 29. So, okay, with that in mind, we'll recognize each other. Everybody wants to know, will we be married in heaven? Now, Jesus talks a little bit about that. We won't be given in marriage and all of that. I think some people are looking for an out, you know. (laughs) Is there an expiration date? If that's on this? what
1: you're looking for. Just don't admit it. Right? <laughs> that's right. Um, I actually find the opposite is people. Some people really are bothered by what Jesus said because it's like I can't imagine not being married to my spouse. Right. And you know, my wife used to hate this topic. And of course, you know, I've studied a lot, so we ended up talking about it a lot. And I would say, why? And she said, because we're not going to be married in heaven. And I'd say to her, why do you think? we're going to be less than we are here. And mm-hmm. we had to wrestle through that. When we're not going to be less related. When, when you get to heaven, God isn't taking away our history. Earth's history is very important. Another fascinating thing um, we should talk about of the books of heaven and angels recording them, why they're recording them. Because earth's history is an important part of what God's teaching the angels as well. But they, uh, you you want to talk about that? Well, we'll we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, But my wife, you know, she felt like, well, we we just, we'll love each other all equally, so it won't be the same. That's not true. God created us relationally for a reason. Like Mary said, you know, those closest to us will still be closest to. We'll know history with each other. um, And we will have will have eternity, which will
0: have uh, its own history as well. Okay, talk about the books of Earth and the angels being educated and all that. Well, so this was a fascinating discovery.
1: All across the globe, these people having these near-death experiences speak of these people in robes of white with books, like in India, they talk about them with books of accounts okay now that's not in the hindu scriptures that's not the vedic loci of the hindu heaven uh there wasn't dissolution of this self into the impersonal brahman none of that but there was this brilliant man of light and love and there were these people in robes of white and books of accounts now that is the book of revelation
0: right talking
1: about books there's the book of life but there are other books as well and in fact, like Howard said, uh, scripture talks about that uh, our every thought, motive, and deed are being recorded in books. And God actually, I believe, has the angels, your angels, recording that for a reason. Because see, the angels are free will creatures as well. They were created to, to love and worship God. You can't love without freedom. Mm-hmm. So they had that freedom, but they were eternal creatures, and in God's very presence, Lucifer led a rebellion, and there's only one place that's out of God's presence. God created it for Lucifer and the angels. That's what hell is. It's the only place where God lets creatures have their own way completely apart from his light, love, and life. Mm. That's what hell is. And, and it was not created for humans. Jesus said that. It wasn't. It was created for them. So, um, where was I? I got lost. The books of life?
0: Yeah, the books of life and the, the uh, yeah, angels. So, so angels
1: are recording our, our deeds and our life because we are going through living in the knowledge of good and evil apart from God. And this is a time of choosing. And so we who sinned, God in his mercy hid himself, right? Mm. Uh, he, he closed Eden essentially, he closed that, and we live in the knowledge of good and evil. So we experience both, but we get a second chance, it's a time of choosing. Angels don't have that option, but they're learning from us, so that they too will forever choose freely to love God.
0: I was thinking of that on the way over here. You know, just uh, kind of kicking that around. But what the if? Crazy, the crazy part to
1: me is that people across the globe talk about
0: these books. Right. Recording their deeds. Right. And it's not part of their upbringing or no. their scriptures or anything. Okay. Fascinating. Um, you brought up angels. We had several questions about can we talk to angels? Should we talk to angels? Um, are they communicating with us? Uh, seems like there's always a movie or a song about that. I mean, yeah. what, what are people saying about that? What are you seeing?
1: Yeah, you know, I, before doing this research, I hadn't thought much about angels at all. Right. Um, I think angels are creatures just like us. Um, they they were created in in eternity, so in dimensions beyond ours, but they're not dissimilar to us many of them Hmm. and in fact we are told that we will rule angels not as we think of rule but but because we are learning something that they need to learn right so in heaven we will actually have authority over angels which is strange to think about wow but they are serving us right now but we are not to try to communicate to them um they are ministering spirits sent by god to minister to us because i think he's teaching them something but we are we got we you don't need to we got a direct channel to the god of the universe that's what jesus did he said you can enter in confidently before him and talk to him about anything he's your best friend right and when we go try to contact the angels or try to contact the dead we're opening ourselves up to a world that, like I said, it's not all good, and you can be deceived. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're told not to do that in the scriptures.
0: A lot of people want to know, loved ones that have gone on, can they see us? Are they interacting with us in any way?
1: I don't, I don't completely know the answer to that. Um, you know, to some degree, biblically in the book of Revelation, those, you know, it talks about those who were martyred, Right. are seeing what's going on on earth seemingly and saying how long Lord how long will it continue before you come back right so it seems like that's possible there are those who yeah. talk about in in heaven knowing what was going on on earth but it's all it's all in a completely different frame of reference of time and of of space and they're they're eager to welcome us in right um, And I think God can send them on missions to minister to us, Uh but I don't think it's just like they can choose.
0: Right. It's not
1: Patrick Swayze showing up in the pottery class. And and, and again, I think it's dangerous when we seek to contact those who are dead. In fact, we're told in Scripture not to. Okay. uh, Because in doing so, uh, we're opening ourselves up to deception.
0: Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit to the other side. Uh, you mentioned the, the deceiving spirits taking somebody away to another place. You mentioned hell. Um, we were getting some questions about the um, near-death experiences, and I think you said in your talk like 25% are, are not going to a good place. Well, no. That's, that can be confusing. 23, thank you. Yes. So
1: what I said is that doesn't tell you how many or what percent oh, are okay. going to heaven or going to hell that is the percent so like i said people are very cautious about telling anybody about this that's why doctors unless they ask people don't talk about it and and even when they do most of the time people give them that you're weird or it was the medication look and then they don't tell anybody again right but of those who do talk about having a near-death experience Still 23% of those okay. thousands who have come forward, thousands of thousands, uh, talked about a not good experience, a hellish experience.
0: What do they say? And we've had several questions about purgatory. Does that line up with anything that you're experiencing, seeing, hearing about?
1: No. Um, okay. But, but there are, well, but there... I think there are, well, the best way to think about it is this world, earth, is vast, right? That world is even more vast. Mm. And so when someone dies, they begin a journey either with, with angels or their welcoming committee that's there to guide them and protect them toward God or away from God. And the places away from God are vast and different. There are many different places. Elaborate so, on that. Well, um, so there's, there, I did one chapter in Imagine Heaven on, on this topic. Mm-hmm. And people, some people talk about uh, uh, kind of almost like it's like a hell on earth. Okay. Where um, they're, they don't know they're dead and they keep trying to live for the things that they were bound to.
0: Mm. On Earth, okay,
1: and then others talk about this uh, outer darkness, like Howard went to, and where people literally—it's, I mean, it's like, it's like the worst of humanity, and just keep going. Right. So think about when when humans just get so depraved that all they do is like, you know, feed on each other and try to, you know, it's like it's like kill or be killed, and mm. it just keeps going that way. And then people talk about, you know, kind of more the, uh, you know, places of fire or, you know, demonic stuff. I mean, it
0: it gets as ugly as you want to get. Okay. So this, uh, you mentioned Howard, he's led away. Are, is there any sense that after death, there's still this moment where you have a choice? Like what Lewis talks about and. Is it the great divorce where there's an opportunity to make a choice there? I'll tell you what, you know, um,
1: I know this. I know that God loves every single person so much that he entered humanity, bound himself to humanity in the form of Jesus and suffered the worst torture to pay for us so that all we need is i mean and he says it all who call upon the name of the lord will be saved yeah that's all it takes so you see as jesus is being crucified two thieves on either side one who's proud and arrogant and says jesus hey if you're the messiah prove it get get yourself down off that cross and get me off with it save my butt and that's arrogance and jesus doesn't even reply the other thief says what are you saying we deserve this. Hmm. He, this man, Jesus has done nothing wrong. So he admits his wrong, and he says to Jesus, when you come in your kingdom, will you remember me? Hmm. That's it, you know, no, no formal prayer, just a heart saying, will you remember me? And Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise today. Yeah. So I don't know where that line is, you know? Yeah. I write about multiple people in the book who literally, in their dying moments or right on the other side, and I, I guess before they crossed that border or boundary, did cry out to jesus and and he came, wow, not just Howard, I mean multiple ones Wow, but i don 't think it 's wise to conclude that you know after you cross there 's something about Eternity right that there's mm-hmm. this border or boundary. I don't understand it mm-hmm. I just saw it so much and read it someone you heard them even talk about it, right? Right, did you pick that up mm-hmm. like Dale mm-hmm. and it's 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 not like the, there's this place It's not a place so I don't even know what it is But right. they they come to a place where they realize I can't if I go there Then I can't go back right and I have a choice to make will I stay or will I go back
0: right? Okay um, You you say that, and I know for a lot of us, we hear that, we go, that is fantastic news, that's wonderful, and we all have friends that that say, hey, I prayed that prayer, I even got baptized, I'm good, I don't need to worry about anything else. But I know that you're passionate about something you guys are talking about at your church right now, about rewards. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, that there's so much more to yeah. live for than just the magic words and beyond.
1: Well, and, and gosh, if I could have shown you more of uh, these interviews, but you know, there's a, there's a whole chapter in Imagine Heaven on the life review. And the life review is the most life-changing thing for people hmm. because they don't just re-experience their lives. They re-experience their lives experiencing what all the people they interact with felt thought experienced and the ripple effect of it now think about that (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) well so on the yeah there's that side of it and 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 so many people feel like they just feel guilt and they feel condemnation but there is no condemnation for all who are in christ jesus none right and you got to hold on to that that's how good god is He doesn't want you to live with the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. He paid for it. Now, that means, just like Howard said, you know, he said in that interview, you know, when I came back, I knew I I could whore, I could steal, I could thieve, I could do whatever I want. I was free. But all I wanted to do is please my friend, Jesus. That's what he realized. Wow. He loves me so much. I just, want, I just want to do whatever he would want. And they come back very clear that the most important thing is how we treat one another. Now, duh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we still have to be reminded that, right. you know, we, we, we think, well, uh, you know, and, and everybody, you know, God tells them, your purpose is not done yet. And so we come back, and they don't know what their purpose is. They're, they have to struggle through life just like us. Like, am I doing it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it? But I think we get lost when we forget. He's already told us the center core of our purpose. No matter whether we're an engineer working for, you know, Boeing or Chevron or Dell or whatever, uh, or a pastor. or It's how do you treat the people you come in contact with? Hmm. Because that matters to jesus in fact he said to saul right why are you persecuting me well he wasn't persecuting him he was killing christians he was persecuting jesus see hmm. he's that that's a whole other story is the oneness of heaven hmm. you know jesus what jesus prayed for they talk about that yeah and that's really oh yeah there's so much
0: you see why it's hard to keep it short okay so uh, <laughs> Exactly, and I know you've got to get down to LAX, so we're not gonna keep you forever. I I have a couple last questions. First of all, how do you read scripture differently now having been through all of this?
1: I don't think I do, because, but, but it's why I finally wrote the book. Because, you know, I came to scripture as a skeptic, Reading about these people and going it's kind of like a slap in the face like oh My gosh, maybe there really is life after death. I better figure this out, right and so I guess I guess the thing that I've seen the most is that some of the things I thought were metaphors like in the book of Revelation, where John's trying to describe the new Jerusalem and heaven, hmm. this is probably the biggest, is that it, it sounds cheesy and gaudy, like streets of gold and pearl gates, and like, I mean, that just didn't appeal to me at all, mm-hmm. right? It sounded, you know, gaudy, like a yeah. bad televangelist set or yeah. something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what it is, right? Big hair. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, oh my gosh, really, forever?
1: Yes. But, but so, so, but here's the thing. Here's what I realized. People describe. They're, they're trying to describe something truly otherworldly. So, like, like Dale. He uh, in in chapter eight of Imagine Heaven. He talks about. He he has this incredible description of coming in it's like he's flying into the city Hmm. now the city and mary describes it too it's real it's a real place it's physical it's it's tangible but it also is made of mary said love and -hmm. she said i know that's nonsensical right it's made of light and love but how and but but it's physical and they describe it as gold but it's transparent Hmm. Well, gold's not transparent, right? And the gold is a—it's just—it's—and—and so—and the, the—the—the the pearl gate, mm-hmm. okay, is translucent. It's pearlescent. It's this—it's an otherworldly substance. You can see through it, hmm. and yet it's this pearlescent. And, and they say it's mesmerizing. It's like, they say they could stand there and just stare just at the gate and the substance forever. And by the way, it goes through, so the wall of the city is thick. It's 214 feet thick, so there's a tunnel through. Now, this is fascinating because um, the, a blind kid uh, that I write about in the book hmm. and Dale and Don Piper, who I interviewed, Um, and Mary, they're they're all, and and many others, they're talking about it, okay? Now, I know they've never talked to each other because I interviewed them different times and I knew they hadn't read each other's books. And this blind kid is describing coming up to this wall that's like, he feels like it's almost on fire with light, but he's scared to touch it, but he wants to touch it because the light's coming out of the wall. Right. And then there's a smooth substance inside this this tube he says that he goes through that's how he describes it Hmm. and it was a stone but it wasn't like that stone it was a smooth stone that's how he described it pearl but he didn't even know to call it that right right and he's never read the book of Revelation he's an eight-year-old blind kid right and that's what he's describing and then Dale and Don talk about as they're going through how the light plays and almost like dances inside and they both say and they didn't know each other said it. Right. So it's like all these little, getting to see all these little details and how they line up. It's like, it's like all these people in different corners of a car accident. Right. And one sees this side and one sees the other side. But when you start to put the pieces together, you're like, oh, I see. And you see this whole vast world. It's just amazing.
0: You must have just been getting chills all the time. Oh, man. Like, it, was, it was. I've heard that before. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, something I've always wondered about. So Jesus brings Lazarus back from the dead. He's been gone four days. How is Lazarus happy about that? I think he's not. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. This is, <laughs> it was yeah, great. No, that's, <laughs> and that's what I wonder with all these NDEs. Yeah. Are, is there a sense of... Plus he's stunned. Uh, well, yeah. That, he's, no, he's got that to deal with, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know... Do they want to come back? It's a really important question. It's fascinating. You know... Um, after I wrote this book, I mean, uh, there were some I knew about in our church, but there were many more yeah. who came up like, I had that. Well, there was a couple in our, at our south campus who um, almost got divorced, and when I spoke on this and they read the book, it, it helped, and the reason was is because um, they were struggling in their marriage because when she came back, she oh. really didn't want to be here, and he took it personally, yeah. and she kept trying to explain, it's not it's not you you don't understand and many people are depressed right and so in some ways it's a responsibility but it's not a gift right to come back um because (laughs) uh, like like um uh howard said he said this world has felt kind of like a haze Mm. like not not real compared to that so it's been kind of a letdown right and so really they have to
0: come and just be faithful to god wow hey thank you Thank you so much. Can we just thank John for being with us? Thanks. It's so great. Um, I, I know that... John's got about 10 minutes before he has to take off, but I'm going to let you just kind of stand down here, so I'm sure people have some questions for you and all that, and then we'll whisk you away and let you get out of here. So appreciate your ministry. For those of you who haven't read his other books, they're phenomenal as well. I've been a fan for a long time, so this is a big deal for me, and I'm just in awe, grateful that you're here. So thank
1: you. And I can make a plug because I got to endorse Rusty's new book coming out on community, which Mm. is
0: excellent. We're going to use it at our church. Thank you. I appreciate it. You said it just like I asked you to. I <laughs> No, he didn't. It. Thank you. I promise he didn't. Thank you so much. Hey, <laughs> thanks for staying, everybody. Thanks for watching on Facebook Live. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening. I hope it's been a, a value add to your life and to your day. Leave a review for us if you can, and make sure you follow us on YouTube as well, and follow me on social, uh, which is at Rusty L. George. Uh, my website, which is PastorRustyGeorge.com, where you can pick up all kinds of videos and Blogs and all kinds of free stuff. And next week, uh, you'll be getting a blog uh, that kicks off kind of our new season. And I've got a question for you that we're going to be wrestling with over the course of the fall. And that is, what do you do after you say amen? In other words, you pray your prayer, you cross your fingers, you hope for the best, you say amen. Then what do you do? What do you do while you're waiting on God? We're going to be talking about that, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can email me at rgeorge at reallifechurch.org. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Until then, we'll talk to you next time.